You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Ah, uh, made it to a Friday. It's a Traeger Meat Friday. Steaks on the grill. A little surf and turf, some lobster claws as well. Boy, I wish Fritzy and McLovin and Seton could be here. Welcome to the program. Shaquille O'Neal will join us coming up in a little bit. David Shaw, the Stanford head football coach, will stop by. And Sal Palantonio from the Mothership. You'd like to get in touch with the program? You can. You can email. You can tweet. You can dial us up. Marvin takes care of those duties. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. You can watch if you'd like. The Big German and Dylan and Tyler, the moderator, taking care of that in the control room. By the way... Happy birthday to Tyler, the moderator. Yay. Yay. Takes care of Chat Row. He showed me some new t-shirts. Chat Row has developed after Seton basically guilted them into coming up with something better. And hopefully we will have a t-shirt representing Chat Row coming up next week. If uh, you use primetime games as a barometer, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the team to watch in 2020. Scheduled to play in primetime five times. That's the most you can be scheduled to play is five games. That's what happens when you sign Tom Brady. Now, the Patriots also have five primetime games this year. I'm really curious as to why. What are you tuning in to see if you're tuning in to the New England Patriots this year? Jared Stidham? Brian Hoyer? And even though they're not in the same conference, the Bucs and Patriots will be intertwined all season long because their success will be viewed as a referendum on Brady and the Patriots, Belichick and the Patriots. How well do they do without one another? Both teams have tough road games ahead. And based off last season, Patriots have the toughest strength of schedule in the league. Brady plays in a tougher division. He's going to be seeing the Saints a couple of times. Falcons, I think, will be better than advertised. You never know how things are going to play out. Both the Bucks and Patriots might need some time to get their acts together. They don't get that time. Certainly with Tom Brady, Tampa Bay right out of the gate against the New Orleans Saints. But uh, the networks are all in on Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Buccaneers have had four primetime games. That's either Sunday or Monday in the last five years combined. This year alone, they have five such games. If they could have done more, they would have done more <laughs> with Brady. Also, Tom Brady has been favored in 74 consecutive regular season starts. That's the longest streak by any starting quarterback since 1966. Brady and Tampa Bay open the season as six-and-a-half-point underdogs on the road against the New Orleans Saints. Let the drama begin. This program brought to you by LegalZoom. Need to make it legal? Make it LegalZoom.com. They made it easy to set up the right estate plan without leaving your home. Take care of your family today with the right estate plan at LegalZoom.com. Look, I told you something. I was told something. Thought it might happen. And right now, it didn't happen. The contingency schedule. Do I think there's still a 12-game schedule that the NFL was developing? Yes, I do. Is there a 14-game? Yes, I do. Contingency plans. Because I told you yesterday that I thought, let's keep an eye on those first four games for each team. Are there going to be contingency plans if you can't play? Are there going to be contingency plans if you can't play in your own state? Like San Francisco with California, with the Chargers, with the Rams. Are they going to be allowed to play football Home games. Didn't happen. Now, they can flip this the first four weeks from what I was told this morning, 
is the same person who told me about it said, hey, what you said was true. The commissioner is not doing what ifs. He told all of the teams do not talk about hypotheticals. If they did that last night, that's a hypothetical. I said, okay, it would have been nice if you told me that the day before. And he said, sorry about that. It's a hypothetical. You can take these four games because you do have some really important games. I mean, the Chiefs against the Texans is an important game. Buccaneers Saints, an important game. Cowboys Rams, an important game. You can flip those to the back end of the schedule. And you could start at week five at week one, if you know what I mean. And then these four weeks would be on the back end and your Super Bowl can be delayed. They can take that into March if they want to, I was told. If it's late February, they can do it. They're planning on it. If that's the case, all you want to make sure is you can still secure hotel rooms and the stadium in Tampa Bay. What I was told, yes, that is the contingency plan. But the commissioner specifically told the teams Prior to last night, no hypotheticals. We don't deal in hypotheticals. Everything about the NFL is full speed ahead. If you were going to single out one game this year and say that's the game. Now, this is the one you're going to watch. I would say go to, but I don't know if that's going to be possible. But the one game where you go, that's what intrigues me. Because I wasn't sure. And now, I, full disclosure, I got the schedule yesterday at 3 o'clock. And I was sworn to secrecy. So I sent the Danettes a note and I said, hey, I'd love to share a couple of scheduling tidbits with you. But if you if you have social media, I can't give it to you. And then I get this collective ugh. And uh, then McLovin goes, hey, it's already out. Kansas City's playing the Texans. That they open up Thursday night. I said, all right, that is correct. I said, that's all you're getting. And then I think it was around 730 where I said, all right, I'll give you something. The Cowboys, Rams, and uh, and I said Tom starts out 0-1, which is mean-spirited by the NFL as he's got the Saints in New Orleans. Yes, McLovin? No, the actual schedule came out on Twitter at 7.30. You were about two hours with the uh, Cowboys-Rams bombshell. I I was surprised about that one, but uh, can you explain the Texans Chiefs? It was murder on social media last night. <laughs> People were so upset about that matchup. Well, we're going to watch. If I'm the NFL, so what? Like right now you go, God, there were so many other great games. The cancer, if Patrick Mahomes is playing, you're watching. Now I get Deshaun Watson in there. Maybe you get a, uh, you know, a new and improved J.J. Watt there. All right. It's not the ideal matchup considering the other games you could have had with Patrick Mahomes, but you were starting with Patrick Mahomes. Boy, that's a great starting spot. You know, it's not like the Ravens when they had Joe Flacco. You know, you're, you're going into battle and you're going, all right, we're watching the Ravens. You're going in to watch Kansas City. Uh, got a new running back there. That same philosophy. Is there going to be a Super Bowl hangover? Not ideal, but you're saving those other games when maybe you want to make sure you get that boost, that primetime boost. You're watching that Thursday night. No matter who they're playing, you're watching that. They could have played Denver, and people would have said, oh, all right, new receivers in Denver, Drew Locke, see if he's for real. Okay, we'll watch it. I was surprised it was that. Uh, even the, the Sunday night, you got the Rams against the Cowboys, which, you know, I, I get that. Anytime you put the Cowboys there and you got the new stadium there, I just don't know what California is going to be like in September. That's my only curiosity with that. I'm told the stadium's almost done, and boy, they got bells and whistles. They got it all. But then, you know, when you're a year delayed, 
You should have all the bells and whistles and then some. You got, uh, you know, the Vegas Raiders with uh, their first home game. I think, uh, is that with the Saints, their first home game? That's spicy. But it doesn't matter. Even the Bengals against the Browns is exciting for me on a Thursday night. Yeah, Paulie. You don't want to. I like, of course. I think it's week 13. Wait, wait, wait. Week 13. Oh, yeah. Okay. This is a no-brainer for you. Now, you know me and what I like. Bears. Not Bears. Okay. Wait a minute. Give me a hint. Rookie quarterbacks. So, Joe Burrow. Yes. Against the Miami Dolphins and Tua Tonga. Bengals at Tua. (laughs) Tua will be taking over the reins somewhere around. That's that's the game you're circling. Yeah. I like that. Around foliage time, (laughs) Tua takes over. Bengals at Dolphins week 13. Uh, you got Chiefs against the Ravens. You got, you know, Too Buccaneers easy. against. Oh, you got. Uh, all right. Uh, McLovin, the game that you are circling. Well, it's got to be the Chiefs Bucks, which I'm looking now uh, is on week. Uh, it's Sunday, November 29th at 425 on CBS. Mm. So they CBS somehow. How they how that happened? Also, ESPN got the uh, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson yeah. on Monday night. Yeah. That's a shock. Yep. Now, I don't, I think that's going to be simulcast on ABC. You, what? Really? That's I, so cool. You should check that. But I, I think that that's what ESPN's trying to do, or that was what, how they presented the, we, well, we want to use ABC. Can we get a better schedule? Because it, for so long, and then you have the Monday night team is in a state of flux as well. We don't even know who's going to be the broadcasters right now. I don't know if it's Joe Tessitore and Booger McFarlane again, but it certainly is the open secret that it's open season on them looking for another team in there. Maybe they stay in-house. But I think that game might be simulcast on ABC. And, and maybe that was the deciding factor of giving them that's a, that's a really, that's a marquee game. That's a great game for uh, ESPN to have Seton. You get one game. Absolutely. Positively. This is the game. Well, it's tough. It's kind of boring, but it's tough to not say Buccaneer saints. Okay. Um, either one of those, just because especially, you know, I, I kind of want to catch both of them because I think it's going to be different between week one and week nine. You know, you might have completely different. You might see two completely different teams there. The Saints, you know, the Saints are looked at as an 11-win team this year, maybe 12. Buccaneers, I was surprised. There are a lot of people very, very bullish on that schedule to say they could win 11 games. Man, I, I, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic with them. I look at the Cowboys. Cowboys got an easy, well, we say easy schedule here. Can they clean up the DAC mess before they get into uh, camp there, before they get started? And if not... You know, Andy Dalton is your uh, fallback plan there to start out the season. But you start to handicap this, and it never fails where you go, boy, they were going to have an easy schedule. And then somebody is going to get better than you think, and somebody's not going to be as good as you think. Todd, you have one game that doesn't involve the Broncos. Oh, I was going to go Broncos-Jets Thursday night, week four. No, I'm kidding. I got to go with Seton. It's week <laughs> one right out of the bat. Brady, Breeze. Is this the new class of the NFC South? Of the- no, you got to go mean- one that's not chosen. We all... Oh yeah, got one that's not chosen. I'm, I'm curious to see. Everyone's always down on Bill O'Brien. The Texans they can only go so far. So um, and Mahomes is going to be great. I, I like the opening night uh, action. See where things stand. If I know it's just one game, but if I can't pick the uh, one that's seen picked, then uh, I want to see what the Chiefs and Texans do. That's a desperation poll right there. <laughs> Hundreds of games to choose from. Hundreds of games of all of the games. Yeah, let me take the Tex. I don't want to see the Texans. 
But I do want to see Patrick Mahomes, and I want to see football. I, I'm fine with that. You know, we, we, we tend to look at these matchups, and I, I kept thinking, God, the Patriots on in prime time. And I'm looking at this as, as a fan. What am I tuning in to see with the Patriots? Am I tuning in to see if Jared Stidham is any good? Right? Who else are you tuning in to watch with the Patriots? A couple of cutaways of Belichick, great. Sony Michelle, mm. Nikhil Harry, mm. who am I tuning in to see? Stefan Gilmore? Mm. Five primetime games. Yes, Todd? I don't think it's a specific person you're trying to see. The whole aura of the Patriots. If you love the Patriots, you want to be like, watch, we're going to show everybody we're just fine without Brady. And if you hate them, you want to see this major slide starting with week one. No Brady. And there they go starting no. opening day. They crash. and Nobody cares. Nobody is going to want to watch the Patriots without Tom Brady. I want to see what happens to the Patriots without Tom Brady. Not a specific player on their I roster, can read about team. it the next day. There is no interest in watching the Patriots. You know, with the Dallas Cowboys, you either love them or you hate them, but there's reasons to tune in to watch them. The Patriots, maybe you love them or you hate them, but there's no reason to tune in to watch them. Yeah, McLevin. Yeah, development of Nikhil Harry doesn't really... Oh, not yet. Gone. Not Ooh. yet. Yeah, McLevin. The Patriots were kind of boring with Tom Brady. You I can mean, say that. How many passes do you have to watch? I mean, Julian Edelman is an awesome player, but he's not a highlight guy. No. No, that style that they had was not quite the Kansas City Chiefs or the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, Paulie. Dan, real quick, I want to give you my top foliage games of 2020. <laughs> you got Falcons at Green Bay, October 5th. That's pre-peak. You go Upper Peninsula. It's fantastic up there, Green Bay. Uh, Chiefs at Broncos, October 25th. That's peak foliage out there in Denver. Mm. And then San Francisco at New England, October 25th. That's oh. both peak. Nothing beats New England foliage. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo facing Bill Belichick. Been nice if it had been Brady. Jared Stidham. We're going to take a break. Shaq's going to join us coming up next. Phone calls are welcome. Settle on a poll question. Play of the day, stat of the day. All of that coming up here on the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app, by searching FSR. He's Shaquille O'Neal, partnering with Frosted Flakes Mission Tiger, an effort to improve access to middle school sports that have been impacted by more than 340,000 student-athletes nationwide. And Shaq joins us on the program. Good morning, Shaq. How are you? I want to talk to McLovin. <laughs> He's always here for you, Shaq. What's up, Shaq? What's up, McLovin, the other guy? <laughs> What's up, Shaq? There you are. There you are. One of these days, Shaq's going to realize that uh, Paulie is McLovin in Shaq's mind. But that's okay. Uh, are, are you a uh, Cowboy fan? I sure am. Now, a real a real Cowboys fan. I want to. I've been a Cowboys fan since Ed Tuttle Jones, Roger Starbuck, uh, Emmitt Smith, of course, Michael Urban, Neon Dion. Yes, I will always be a Cowboys fan. And do you go to games? No, I've never went to games. And uh, uh, I, I met uh, Jerry Jones last year. Well, actually, I met him a couple of times, but I saw him last year, and he was like, "Man, you need to come to a game." And I was like, "Mr. Sir, I would love to come to a game, but I don't want to bother you." So I will. Uh, so I will get to a game one day. 
Well, it's good to have you on. There's a, a lot of things to talk about here. Uh, I don't know if you're watching the Jordan documentary. We had Patrick Ewing on and Reggie Miller, and they said this isn't any fun for us. It's fun for you guys to watch it, but is, are, is there any enjoyment watching this? I think it just solidifies the argument about who's the best player ever. You know, I think I think the fair thing to say is we should probably break it down the arrows on who was the best player ever. But Michael Jordan, by far, stuff that he he's done, I don't I, I don't see anybody being close to that. You know, he's a ten. There's a lot of sevens and eights out there, but there's no nines or tens. And uh, he's just I actually got to 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 watch. I actually got to see the end of it personally. I won a lot of money by by asking people who was the last team to beat him in the playoff situation. A lot of people forget what we did in, in, in 94, 95, but their comeback is, oh, he was, he was just, he, he wasn't ready. He wore number 45. That wasn't the real Mike, but I'm uh, enjoying it because it, it just brings back flashbacks. And and also, especially when they were battling Detroit, it just, just, just made me remember how physical the game was. And that's the game I like to play. This game I'm watching now, yeah. <laughs> How many would Mike average in, with today's rules? Mike at his peak, let's say Mike 1991-92. How many points? 45. 45? Easily. But what would you average today? 51. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, the, the Lakers with you and Kobe would beat Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, right? Yes. <laughs> Shaq's Orlando Magic beat Mike's Bulls. That was they they won Game Six in Chicago, I think, that year. And then a year later, your final game with Orlando, they came back and spanked us. Yes, <laughs> and then you went to L.A. after that. But uh, Mike, yep. the, the Bulls ended your Magic career. Yes, they did. Yeah. They came back really bad. And like you know, we beat them before. We were confident, but. They put it away very quickly. They, they let them know that, hey, last year this was a different team, and this year it's going to be something different. Could you imagine if there – and I don't know if this is true or not, but uh, I think Magic Johnson was talking about on Entertainment Tonight that maybe there is a sort of a last-year documentary on Kobe with the Lakers. Have you heard anything about that? I heard it on the internet, but I'm not sure. Yeah, because I was wondering, it, you guys didn't have any of this all-access when, when you were with the Lakers, when you were winning. Did you? Uh, not really, not really all-access, but with all the stuff that we, that we had going on, there's a lot of footage out there. I also, uh, I, I don't know if you found this out or you heard this, but are we gonna, how close are we to having an NBA team in Las Vegas, in your opinion? I think really close. No, I mentioned the other day, I know there's a lot of, well, not a lot of teams, there's a couple of teams that are uh, looking to relocate. I don't have the exact teams or exact name. Probably couldn't say anyway, but I know for a fact there's a couple of teams that are, you know, there's a couple of investors out there looking to purchase teams, and they want to move teams to certain areas, and Las Vegas is one of those areas. Yeah, I heard Memphis was uh, one of the teams prime for that possibility. Why don't you take some of that money you make from the general and uh, become an owner? I am. You forgot I'm a minority owner in the Sacramento Kings? I, I did forget that. Yes. Now, they could use you. 
Excuse me, what, as a player? Yeah, yeah, player owner. (laughs) When's the last time you played a game? Last night. Against who? Against, uh, it was me and my youngest son against Sharif and one of his partners. And? And I feel like that right now. Oh, I won. (laughs) (laughs) So really bad. How's your uh, son doing? How's his health? Health is good. He's ready to go. He's going to be going to my alma mater, LSU. He's looking to you know, get back on track. Are you eating Frosted Flakes right now? How do you know that? <laughs> I, know. I, can, I can hear you crunching. Do you have a camera in my house? <laughs> I might. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like you're having breakfast, right? Yes, I am. That's great. Uh, Tell us about the Frosted Flakes Mission Tiger here. For years, I wanted to partner with Tony Tiger. Because it's a cereal I grew up on. I'm the number one fan. Plus, I started this initiative to help give uh, middle, middle school kids access to sports. Uh, you know, we're going to do a donation. We're going to help this, this school in Philly build a court on their school grounds, create a safe, dedicated space for guys to play and train. And we're going to give their teams uh, all new uniforms and training equipment. And we're going to cover the facility costs to avoid canceled practice times of game. So uh, kudos to Frosty Flakes for, for starting this initiative. And uh, I'd like to thank them, you know, for having me. I, look, I've been a Frosty Flakes guy all my life. Who should be mad or they weren't on the dream team, you or Isaiah? Isaiah, because I think he definitely should have been on that team. But Leitner was chosen over you, right? Yeah, but I but the way they, I don't the way he he was used, I wouldn't have been happy with that. What do you I mean? Wouldn't happy, just, I wouldn't have been happy with just sitting on the bench and getting in one or two minutes. Yeah. If uh Ernie uh, shows up with Charles and Kenny, six feet apart at your doorstep, but only two can come in. Who are the two that get to come in? Ernie and Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> not letting Charles in, huh? No, not at all. <laughs> hey, it's great to talk to you. Hope you're being safe, and uh, good luck with Frosted Flakes Mission Tiger. Great to talk to you as always, Shaq. All right, love you, McLovin. <laughs> Thank you, Shaq. Which McLovin? I don't think he, I don't know if he knows. I don't know if he cares, but every time he's been on, when we saw him in Atlanta that day and he walked in and he's like, where's McLovin? And he pointed to Paulie. I said, (laughs) he's like, my man. Yeah. And I went, that's not McLovin. Nah, well, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm good. I'm good with that. It's always great to talk to him. Yeah. When you think about, uh, Back then in 1980, uh, was that 1995? They had a four-game sweep where the Bulls held the uh, Magic to under 85 points per game, and they swept Shaq. That's when Shaq ended up going to the Lakers. But then Michael, the only time he lost a playoff series it, during that stretch that you know that we're talking about that run, great run, was to Orlando, and Orlando beat Michael in Chicago in a game six. There, I, I interviewed Shaq. In Santa Monica, I think it's the Marriott Hotel, when he announced that he was going to go to the Lakers. And I went out for Sports Center to do a Sunday conversation. His father was there, and we sat down in a, in a, a suite, hotel suite, 
and I really enjoyed his dad. His dad, Sarge, was he's really he was no BS. And, uh, you know, he was he, he was tough guy. Sarge was tough guy. But I liked him. And I could tell that Shaq wanted to live up to his father's expectations for him. And Shaq was just a big, he's just a big, playful guy. And I remember saying, how many championships do you expect to win here? He didn't answer. He held up those big paws. He put up 10 fingers there. And I said, 10 titles. And then he said, yes. But that's what I remember out of that interview was he put up those hands uh, to the screen and said he was going to win 10 titles. Oh. Good to have him on, as always. All right, McLevin, you got a poll question for me. I do. Do you want it uh, right now? I got yeah. a couple schedule questions. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Would you rather your team be two and fourteen or seven and nine? I know there's this, lots of this upcoming right season. Yeah. <laughs> would you rather be in the Trevor mix or perpetual five hundred ish? I would I'm rather. Looking at, uh, I'm I, looking at Paul right now. By the way, I would rather be. Two and fourteen this next season. Now, if Paulie, if I said Paulie, your Bears can be six and ten or two and fourteen, you're taking two and fourteen. That gives you a chance to get a great quarterback. Six yeah. and ten doesn't give you any chance to win the Super Bowl. Now, McLovin, if you said qualify for the playoffs, qualify at like a sneak in nine and seven for the Bears, or go one and fifteen. That might be tougher because if you qualify for the playoffs, anything can happen. You're the worst playoff qualifier. But if I, you have an 8-8 eight and eight season, you're the final wild card team. Or 2-14 or and 14 and you can have Trevor Lawrence. That's tough. I don't That's think a no-brainer. If I think 8-8 eight and eight is going to lead to 9-7 and seven or 10-6, and six, then I go, okay, I'll take that. But I feel like my 8-8 eight and eight could easily be 6-10. and 10. Or 5-11, and 11, I'm taking Trevor Lawrence and not looking back. What else do you have, McLevin? Oh, I, I was going to ask along those lines, what's the 8-8 eight eight team that is most likely to fall apart? I want to give you these, these. I took the Vegas win totals. Okay. Who's at eight wins? The Bears, the Falcons, the Patriots, they're at nine. The Browns at eight and a half. The Texans at seven and a half. And the Raiders at seven and a half. Mm. Are any of those teams like somebody I was watching last night, somebody, the wheels are going to fall off and they're going to be bad. We don't, we never know who, but a lot of people said Atlanta on social media last night that that, that train's coming to an end. I get the feeling they might be a little better than we think for some reason. I just do. Uh, the Raiders, I think now here, here's something to keep in mind on with the Raiders. You know, you look at their schedule, and I don't know if this has ever happened before. The, the Raiders play six road games at 1 o'clock Eastern. No team based in the Pacific time zone has played that many road games at 1 o'clock in a single season. Now, now, betters will tell you it's not that big a deal. It always feels like it's a, a bigger deal once we get to the game itself. But betters will tell you, hey, when you go west to go to east, it's not that big a deal. That doesn't change our philosophy. All I know is you got six road games that start at 1 o'clock. Raiders could be one of those teams where you go, yep, that didn't work out well. Derek Carr's future. Then do you turn it over to Marcus Mariota? 
pressure on you know John Gruden heats up a little bit here. You're going into a new stadium, and and that that's great because you have the grace period of going into a new stadium. Plus, you have the Rams and Chargers going into a new stadium. It's the Rams stadium. Are the Chargers going to be better than the home team, the Rams? And that could very well be the case. Yes, Todd. Don't the Texans concern you? How many times can you knock on the door and flirt with uh, possibly getting further? They seem like a team and they got rid of Hopkins. I could see that team slipping into some type of 7-9, and 6-10 and ten messy situation. Well, I can always see that. But, you know, here's the thing. Bill, Bill O'Brien is not a good GM. But Bill O'Brien as a coach has been a... I know. Bill O'Brien as a coach gets them in the playoffs. And that is the goal. Get into the playoffs. As much as I can shake my head and go, I don't know what he's doing there. The Hopkins deal, if they if Hopkins didn't go to Arizona, I'm told he was going someplace. He was going to be traded. It's just we had a problem with what they got in return. But he was going to be traded. I don't know if they have a go-to person on that offense. I love Deshaun Watson. Hopefully he's not running for his life again as he does every year, it feels like. But when you want to write off the Texans, because I think the Colts are better, now it's a tougher division. If Tennessee is who we think they are, Tennessee will be formidable. The Colts, I think, are the class of the division. And then you got Jacksonville. By the way, they gave Jacksonville an easy schedule. If this was next year and you're Trevor Lawrence and you're playing for Jacksonville and you go, hey, this is good. I, this schedule is not that tough. You know, this is like playing against some SEC teams. This is okay. You know, kind of challenging. Yeah, Paul. If I'm Jaguars ownership, I want the toughest schedule in the league this year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, you do. And by the way, it, it's, it was tanking for Tua last year, and he was not the first round pick, by the way. Yeah. Um, it can't be tanking for Trevor this year. That Even though the alliteration is easy. Well, we in the media are lazy, Paul. Right. What's the word that would go with Lawrence? Losing. Losing. Losing for Losing Lawrence. Lawrence. Yeah. Lethargic for Lawrence. Well, th- yes, McLovin. Can I make a quick against the grain case for a team that should tank? Okay. Is this something we're going to have to spend a little time on? If that's the case, then I'll take a break. We'll do play of the day and come back with this bombshell. Yeah, I think this is something that is okay. teaseworthy. All right. I think it's teaseworthy, Dan. Guess that tanking team. <sighs> I think, well, no, I don't know if I know. I don't know how McLovin thinks. He got yes, into an do. Ivy League school, totally. and I went to Dayton. Um, you totally know. I can tell by your face. After the break. We'll, uh, we'll come back. Play of the day. Got another stat of the day. And McLovin's bomb show. His tanking bomb show after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app, at FSR, or stream us live every day at youtube.com slash the Dan Patrick Show. See, you encourage Todd, and this is what you get. So now I'm being inundated with tanking names for Trevor Lawrence. All right, Todd, let America hear. Win never for Trevor. Okay. Now just continue. They get don't, in, don't <laughs> endeavor for Trevor. Okay. Reverse lever for Trevor. And need L for Lawrence. <laughs> Anything there you can work with. I'm going to say don't endeavor for Trevor. I don't understand reverse lever for Trevor. Like going backwards. We want to go backwards. We're not going forward. We've got to do whatever we can to take another step backwards with our season. Need reverse L lever. for Lawrence. That might be your best one. 
as scary as that is. Is it T-shirt worthy? Or no, 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 not T-shirt worthy. All right. What? McLovin has his bombshell tanking against the grain. Oh, wait a minute. What? I was really worried that this was going to stink, but after what Todd just did, I'm feeling very confident. <laughs> That's why I did it. I, the bad opening act took the stage, and now, McLovin, it's your turn. But first, here is McLovin's Against the Grain music. All right, McLovin. Dan, I stayed up all night watching the interminable NFL Network and ESPN shows, and I looked at the schedules. There's one team who would be wise to tank this year. Wise to tank? Yes. Do they have a quarterback that you would consider a quality quarterback? Uh, more of a question mark. A question mark. <sighs> Fritzy, you start. I'm going to go last. Oh, man. No, oh, you're never ready. I'm ready. There's 32. I don't know. Can I go last? No, you can't go at all. <laughs> Seton O'Connor. The Packers? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Uh-huh. They can't take for a quarterback though, Seaton. <laughs> they just well, no, that's two. <laughs> yeah, no, that's why you're saying they're like it's a it's an interesting pick, like one you wouldn't think of. Yeah. So I tried to go with what was the most non-obvious one, which would be the Packers. I, yeah, I'll... I knew this was gonna go wrong. Paulie, I think McLovin's going to pick, and I think he's right, the Las Vegas Raiders. Ooh. Wow. Okay, so the Raiders. Seaton of the Packers, Fritzy doesn't get to play. NFC, AFC. 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 Now, Jacksonville's not a surprise team to tank. Nope. The New England Patriots. You are correct, yeah. Mr. Dan oh. Patrick. <laughs> Wait. Wait, what, Seaton? It's a surprise. I've been I- saying that to Andrew for like three months. <laughs> <laughs> Well, why didn't you say it now? You said that, uh, you're right. It was surprising that he took the one that I've been talking to him about for months now. You took the Packers who are not going to be tanking. Yes, well, McLevin. Yeah, I mean, I'm lock and step here with Seton. Uh, the Patriots, I mean, think about this. If he can lose like his first six games and the season gets canceled, he gets the first pick and he never has to like disrupt the Super Bowl train. I think Bel- Belichick is playing next level chess this year. Next level. Maybe not, but it does seem to work out. This is, if you ever want to tank, it's a year with no fans in the, in, and possible disruption of the Super Bowl. This is the ultimate year to tank. And maybe Belichick doesn't care about this because he made a business decision by saying that they were moving on from Brady. Brady, it's personal. If Belichick didn't win or they went 7-9 and nine or 6-10, and 10, okay, he looks at it as a business. Brady can't go 6-10, and 7-9. and nine. You know, his ego is here, his reputation, not his legacy, but his reputation for being a great quarterback. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. Legacy firmly cemented, even if he goes six and ten. But I think this is really important. This is more important to Brady than it is to Belichick. Yeah, Paul. What do you think, though, about the Vegas Raiders for this one? They, they were seven, nine last year, but they were outscored by one hundred and six points. They were not a good team. Derek Carr seems to be what he is, and that team could use a star. It feels like they've done pretty well with Mayock in charge there. You know, they I thought they were going to be a playoff team last year. It was like seven weeks to go, and I remember coming in on that Monday, and I said, look out for the Raiders, here they come, and then there they go. I think they've got the ingredients there. 
They've got a good tight end. They've got a good running back. They've made, they've made some smart moves there. I just don't know if Derek Carr is going to be... I, I, I didn't think he was going to be their quarterback when they got to Vegas. But he has the potential. He has shown signs of being a very good quarterback. Now you got Mariota in there. I don't know what that does to him. But uh, it feels like it's tenuous for both of those guys. Yeah, Paul. Derek Carr last year was a 70% passer, which I know almost everybody is these days. 4,000 yards, 21 touchdowns, 8 picks. He had his best quarterback rating. His numbers weren't huge, but they were good. But who's he competing with? Because that's not good enough for fans. Doesn't it feel like he he's competing against something? Is it other quarterbacks who are putting up these bigger numbers? Is he competing against Patrick Mahomes being in the, the same division? Same conference there. I think he might be competing against his early self. He went to three Pro Bowls before yeah. he was age 25, and then he cooled off a little bit. But his second year, he threw 32 touchdowns and 13 picks. They would love that. But he got injured. Yeah. And what I was told is you start to get a little bit nervous in the pocket. You know, when he, when he suffered that injury, season-ending injury, and then you, they talk about the pocket getting muddied. And you start to see things and you get a little bit happy feet. And that, I think, has been a fairly consistent knock on Derek Carr since he got injured. But he's, he has t- the talent. I just don't know if he's going to ever be good enough for John Gruden. John Gruden always likes the quarterback he doesn't have. And that's a problem for Derek Carr. Yes, McLovin. Isn't he considered like a check down Charlie? Isn't that the big criticism that, he, that yes. I don't know if it's actually true, but they drafted Henry Ruggs. Someone's going to have to throw longer to him, you know? Well, you can do what Brady does and throw short passes and try to, you know, make them into long passes there. You know? I agree. I think it's Mahomes. Mahomes' shadow is huge for Carr. Yes, Todd. How confident are the Redskins in their quarterback situation? Are they all in on Haskins? Is there any way in the back of Daniel Snyder's mind? It's like, ooh, Trevor Lawrence could help us uh, get things back uh, in our favor in the NFC East at some point. Well, I would, I would hope Daniel Snyder as an owner would realize that. But he's the one that wanted Dwayne Haskins. You know, the story goes he handpicked Dwayne Haskins that you had Jay Gruden who did not want Dwayne Haskins there. Now you got Ron Rivera there. Does Ron Rivera want Dwayne Haskins? He brought in Kyle Allen from Carolina, who could be as good as Dwayne Haskins. Now, I thought Haskins showed some signs at the end of the year, and maybe I'm one of the few people watching Redskin games at the end of the year. I just wanted to see. He had some weapons. He had some wide receivers. But I I wanted to see how he looked in the pocket, how confident he was, because he was extremely confident at Ohio State. I didn't see that confidence, you know, his rookie year, but that's understandable. You know, rookies fascinate me. When you look at a schedule, I'm fascinated with, you know, if Justin Herbert gets to play, that's fascinating. Joe Burrow is going to be playing when Tua gets to play. I know what these other quarterbacks are all about. Now, Baker Mayfield, still not quite sure. Kyler Murray, do they take the next step? Here's a question that was posed to me last night. Who has more wins, the Cardinals or the Rams? How about that one? And I went, well, it has... I don't know. I Are the Cardinals still on the uptick there? Getting DeAndre Hopkins. You know, where are the Rams? They're sort of, Seattle's going to be really good this year too. Seattle and San Francisco are going to battle probably down to the final weekend. They will. You don't know anybody on Seattle? Somehow they're going to be there. 10 and 6. <laughs> no, they'll probably be 11 and 5. Yeah, Paulie. 
it does seem like Seattle though is always that ten and six, eleven and five, get in the playoffs. A lot of close games. They find a way to win. Paulie came up with some. Oh boy, they're they're just as bad as Todd's. But ju- well, that's it, not a. <laughs> wow. wait, wait, that's how you're selling it, Paulie. Okay, they're they're a tick better than Todd's. <laughs> all right, all right. Do you want me to read them or do you, no? I don't want to be associated with it. I'm gonna let you read it. You're, you're the boss. You deliver them better. Lackadaisical for Lawrence. Okay, a little wordy. Lethargic for Lawrence. That I like. Lay down for Lawrence. I'll give you lethargic. Not the other two. <laughs> L, I like lay down for Lawrence. I like L is for Lawrence. Like losing is for Lawrence. There you go. Simple. I like that one better than need L for Lawrence. It's like L. T-shirt. Is, T-shirt. No, 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 no. Come on. No, 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 no. Sal Palantonio is going to join us coming up. And David Shaw, the Stanford head football coach as well. One hour in the books on this Meet Friday. Two more to go back after this. One more item as we close out the first hour. 1-800-Flowers. Last chance. Mother's Day gifts, bouquets, and a